What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. I'm Mason Kenahan. The offseason is finally here for the Washington Commanders, something that Washington fans have been wanting this year for a for the, like the last four months because it's been it's been bad. But the offseason is officially here for the Washington Commanders. Uh, the Super Bowl has wrapped up. Um, my Super Bowl pick was the Chiefs. I'm recording this right before the game starts. Hopefully, the Chiefs win because that's what I predicted. But We've got a lot to talk about for the Washington Commanders. We've got assistants being fired. We've got assistants being hired. We've got uh, more uh, assistants being hired as well. And then we've got potential free agent targets from an article that I wrote for the Right Way Sports Network from a few weeks ago. We're going to be go going over that article. And we're going to also be wrapping up with a new, newly improvised segment of the weekly mock draft. We're going to be going over Josh Taylor's mock draft. Um, and we'll be talking more about how that segment is going to work now from here on out because it's going to be a little bit different. But let's just get started with Eric Bieniemy because Eric Bieniemy has officially been fired from the Washington Commanders, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs from the last, how long has it been, like five, six years, and then travels to Washington to make a name for himself. He's calling plays. The, the offense is fully under him, um, and that was, that was going to be how he's, he's basically bet on himself. He bet on himself, and that bet, that bet did, not, did not work out for him. He lost a lot of money from that bet because over this last season, uh, here's some stats about the Washington offense. They finished 25th in EPA per play, a 41% success rate, uh, dropback success success rate, um, just, no, sorry, just a success rate in general, um, a negative 0.069 dropback EPA, which was one of the worst in the league, a negative 0.119 rush EPA per play, which was one of the worst in the league. So it was... It was not a great season for this Washington Commanders. You can blame it on the play calling for Eric Bieniemy, the scheming. I mean, he could not get the ball in, in the best player's hands. He could not get the ball in Terry McLaurin's hands. A very, very disappointing sophomore slump for Jahan Dotson. He was rarely targeted all season long. Um, basically, Bieniemy's plan was to run the ball, and then once you run the ball, you give up on the run, and you start throwing the ball, and you don't go back to the run. So... I mean, we, we were averaging over four and a half yards per uh, yards per rush, and we were still throwing it 45, 50 times per game. So it wasn't it was not pretty. This offense was not fun to watch over this last season. Eric Bieniemy out again. We talked last week about Cliff Kingsbury being hired as the offensive coordinator for Washington. Eric Bieniemy, who had that position over this last season, now will most likely head back to Kansas City. I know he talked with the Kansas City team before the during the Super Bowl, the past Super Bowl week. As the game was leading up to the Super Bowl, he gave him some motivational speeches and all of that, which, I mean, he's great at doing. The The interviews that he did, especially his introductory press conference, was awesome. But it just did not work out in Washington. After one year, he's out. He's not coming back under Dan Quinn's staff. Um, but, yeah, the, let's talk about some people that are coming from uh, to build out this uh, to, to, about, to build out this Dan Quinn staff. We'll start with Larry Izzo, who was probably so far my favorite hire. That Dan Quinn has made. Larry Izzo is coming in as the special teams coordinator for the Washington Commanders, the former special teams coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks since 2021, with Mike McDonald now being the head coach uh, and Pete Carroll out in Seattle. That pretty much entire staff, you know, Shane Waldron went to Chicago, and the defense coordinator is also on the move as well. There's some other names um, in, in there as well, the quarterbacks coach and some of the other offensive assistants that are moving out of Seattle. So the special teams coordinator, Larry Izzo, one of the best, if not the best in 
in the probably not the best, but one of the best in all uh, all of the league. He's been the Seahawks special teams coordinator since 2021. He was there as an assistant special teams coordinator as well for a few years before that. His unit was ranked third last year, according to PFF. He's a Northern Virginia native. He went to Broadway High School, if you know where that is. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion as a player. Um, this is pretty much everything you could ask for, for a special teams unit that ranked dead last last season. According to PFF, um, this, this special teams unit was... So if you do nothing you get a PFF grade of 60. The special teams unit got grade of 61. So it was very below average. Um, it was almost it, it was almost beyond bad. If you get below 60, basically your backup is better than you. You're replaceable. So a 61 PFF grade as a special, as a, as a unit, it was really bad. You can now lead this to say, oh, Jeremy Reeves, he was out for a while. There was no really... Um, consistency with the with the uh kick returner over the last few years you had antonio gibson returning kicks dax milne you had jd mckissick at one point you end up with jameson crowder returning kicks and byron pringle to end the season so there was no consistency as at returner either it's kind of a down year for tress way joey sly was missing extra points it was overall a bad year for washington commander special teams larry Izzo comes in with a lot of experience and I really like this move. He's one of the best special teams coordinators. He's been consistently good in Seattle over these last three, four years. He's one of the best hires we could have made. He probably is the best hire we could have made at special teams uh, as a special teams coordinator. So I really like this move for Washington. I know, um, I believe it was Jeremy Reeves who's, who vouched for the current special teams coordinator, but he was not cutting it. Larry Izzo comes in a great hire, great hire for Dan Quinn. All three coordinators are now set. Kyle uh, Cliff Kingsbury at offensive coordinator, Joe Witt Jr. at defensive coordinator, and now a special teams coordinator, Larry Izzo. I like this trio. I like where we're heading. Great hires. Great hires for Washington. Moving on to other assistant coaches that have been hired by the Washington Commanders. We'll start with Jason Simmons. Coming over from Las Vegas, he was the defensive pass game coordinator in Las Vegas and the secondary coach. Comes over to Washington for the same role. A great coach, in my opinion. He coached up guys. He helped develop guys in Green Bay. Spent time in Green Bay with Joe Witt Jr., the defensive coordinator for Washington currently. He helped develop guys like Jair Alexander and some of the young, other younger corners in Las Vegas as well. I really like this hire. Um, I talked about him last week. He was coming in for an interview. He comes in now. And he's now the defensive pass game coordinator for the Washington Commanders. So I, I like this hire a lot. Uh, Simmons is going to be a very experienced guy coming in for Washington. That's a, that's a key thing with with this uh, with this with this with these head assistant coaches. There's a lot of experience coming in, a lot of different voices. It'll be interesting to see how much chemistry all these voices have and how they can fit together. Because another guy on the offensive side that will that's being hired by Washington. For the offensive pass game coordinator position, it is Brian Johnson, the former Eagles offensive coordinator last year, infamous Eagles offensive coordinator last year, is now the offensive pass game coordinator for the Washington Commanders. Expect a lot of curls, expect a lot of four curls and four verts. So I'm not entirely in love with this move if I'm Brian, uh, if I'm, uh, well, as a fan, but. I mean, Brian Johnson, as long as, as as long as he's not calling plays, which he won't be, that's what Cliff Kingsbury will be doing. As long as Brian Johnson is not calling plays, I'm fine with it. 
We're going to see how it works. And once more, another new voice from a different place. So I know Jason Simmons, Joe Witt Jr., they kind of worked together for a year or two in Green Bay. So they somewhat know each other. But Cliff Kingsbury, Brian Johnson, two guys that I don't think have ever worked together. Cliff Kingsbury spending time at USC, Arizona. Brian Johnson working uh, spending time in Philadelphia last year. Uh, quarterback coach in Philadelphia a few years before that. And then with the Florida Gators as the offensive coordinator there for a little bit as well. So they haven't really, um, they don't really have a lot of chemistry. It's going to be interesting to see how these, how all these coaches build chemistry throughout, throughout the entire um, off season, and all of that. So that'll be something I'm going to keep an eye on, but both of those hires, uh, great, great hires in my opinion. Also a great, a great hire is we're keeping Tavita Pritchard as well. The quarterback coach currently came over from Stanford a little bit. He was great last year, in my opinion. I think Tavita Pritchard, he was definitely sought after. He was a lot of teams went and interviewed him for their quarterback coach position as well. So that was a guy that was very sought after. Same with Brian Johnson, too. Some teams were interviewing him for their head coach position. So these are guys that were very sought after in the in the league. Larry Izzo had a bunch of other special teams coordinator, uh, coordinator interviews as well. So these are guys that are very sought after guys that um, a lot of people wanted, and Washington was able to land these guys, Brian Johnson, some of these big names, Brian Johnson, Larry Izzo, Cliff Kingsbury. So um, it was great great on them because and that's not something that's been, that we've been able to do in the past. Dan Quinn, known leader, um, and he's, again, he went to a Super Bowl. So he knows how to create a Super Bowl team. I'm not going to say Super Bowl winning team, but a team that was once up 28-3 to in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. So um it, i mean i like these hires i like these hires for washington uh to be, keeping tavita pritchard is awesome that kind of doesn't really stunt the growth and development of sam howell if at some point we would have to rely on him again so pritchard uh keeping pritchard is huge randy jordan the running backs coach for washington is heading over to the tennessee joining chris harris over there i know chris harris is the new defensive coordinator of the tennessee titans but uh, Randy Jordan, the running back coach in Washington, great running back coach. I got I got to speak with him at training camp last year. Um, he seems like a great person heading over to uh, to Tennessee. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens now at the running back coach position. Is it going to be a promotion for Jennifer King, the current assistant running backs coach, or are we going to go outside the building to fill that position uh, to fill that need? So Randy Jordan, um, very very experienced, over I believe twenty years of coaching experience leaving the building, going over to the Tennessee Titans. We're going to see who fills out as, as more and more come in these positional, um, these position, these, these positional coaching jobs. But the ones I like so far, I, I don't have anything opposed to any of the ones that we've hired, that we've hired. I know it's, I don't know if it's kind of delusion or what, but I like the Jason Simmons hire. I like the Larry Izzo hire, two proven guys, Brian Johnson. He, he was, a, again, before he was the Eagles offensive coordinator, a lot of teams wanted him to be their offensive coordinator. Um, very sought after. He kind of rose up the rose up the coaching ranks pretty quickly, maybe a little bit too quickly, and that's why things didn't really work out for this Eagles offense last year. But as long as he's not calling plays, I'm happy with it. He's got a lot of experience. He's very knowledgeable. I like that hire a lot. Um, keeping Tavita Pritchard is uh, is awesome. Seems like a really cool guy. As well, losing Randy Jordan, I think, does hurt, hurt a little bit, as I think he was a pretty solid running backs coach. He helped develop Ryan Robinson, Antonio Gibson's rookie year, and all of that. So um, that that well, that one definitely hurts a little bit. But some of these other newer guys that are coming in, great so far for Washington. I really like them. So 
those uh those are those are the guys that um that we're bringing in for the assistant coaching jobs now moving on here to potential free agent targets i'm gonna have the link in the description to this article i wrote for the right way sports network a few weeks ago i'm pretty much just going to go through it these are five guys five of my top players for the washington commanders to target i'm not going to be including guys like josh allen and um brian burns as i i expect those guys to get franchise tagged but i am going to be including bryce huff who is my first guy i think bryce huff is a great, great player for for the uh, New York Jets. It does not sound like they're going to have the money to bring him back next year. They're not expected to bring him back on a franchise tag or a long-term deal. So I expect Bryce Huff to be a free agent. He uh, finished 2023 ranked in the top 10 in pass rush win rate. He finished 2023 with 67 pressures and 10 sacks. He finished with more pressures than Rashawn Gary, Trayvon Walker, and Montez Sweat. And uh, I think he could definitely be an impact player. He's only, I believe, 25 or 26. He's going to be an impact player, a former UDFA in 2020. Yes, a uh, former UDFA in 2020 for Bryce Huff. So uh, that was my first guy. My second guy, Frankie Luvu, the off-ball linebacker from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he was formerly on the New York Jets as well. He went over to Carolina. He's been one of the best uh, linebackers over the, la- over the last couple of years in carolina um he finished 2023 seven sacks 20 pressures uh he's great in coverage as well he's only 27 years old our current linebackers that are on the contract jamin davis andre jones and brandon Bayer randall um those are the only three linebackers on the contract for next year i don't expect us rolling it back or running it back with david mayo and um some of those other guys so uh, yeah, David Mayo and I think Khalid Hudson is also a free agent, so not sure if he's going to come back. But I'm not, I don't expect it to run us back, run it back with uh, David Mayo. So, um, Frankie Louisville bringing him in on a cheaper deal, I would not mind. Uh, he can play, he can play both 4 3 or 3 4, depending on what Dan Quinn wants to run, which is most likely going to be 4 3. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, his OTC contract evaluation is just over 10 million dollars per year which is a little bit rich for, for me, but, um, I mean, it's an off-ball linebacker, so that's a little bit rich, but if we can get him on a little bit cheaper deal than that, I would not mind it. My third guy is another off-ball linebacker, a guy that I really wanted Washington to target in the first uh, in the first half of this season as a, as a potential trade guy. It was Jordan Hicks. He's coming off a very scary leg, leg injury that he suffered right after the trade deadline, but it seemed to really be a lot of rumors about the Vikings potentially moving on with some of their veteran guys like Daniel Hunter and Jordan Hicks. Um, luckily, Washington didn't trade for him then because he he, he had a pretty scary leg injury that that um, that kind of ended his season or uh, right after that. But he's going to be 32. He's coming off that leg injury, so it's a little bit older. It's going to be more of a risk, but he can help develop some of these younger linebackers like Jamin Davis over the, last cor- over the final course of his uh, last year of his contract. So I I would not mind um, bringing him in as like a veteran guy. Uh, I think he, he could be pretty good. Dalton Schultz, the tight end um, on the on the Texans. I I would kind of expect Dalton Schultz to return to Houston. I would say maybe on a cheap contract uh, because he's been a huge help for CJ Stroud and his development over the course of his rookie season. But like he was a big help to a young rookie quarterback like CJ Stroud. Could he be a big help? To a guy like Drake May, Caleb Williams, or Jaden Daniels, I think so as well. So I'm I'm excited. I think Washington definitely should bring in a, a veteran tight end, whether it be Dalton Schultz 
or someone else because Logan Thomas is not going to cut it. And speaking of cut, because I think he's going to get cut after this uh, at some point. And then uh, Cole Turner, the former fifth-round pick back in 2022, has not really panned out to what many thought he would be. So maybe that was just because of the usage of of Eric Bieniemy's, uh offense and how he was only active on like half the games last year. But it's not looking great for the former fifth-round pick in 2022. So uh, Dalton Schultz or just another veteran tight end I think could be awesome. And then Connor Williams, the center uh, for the Miami Dolphins. They'll, he's probably, I mean, Washington, I mean, like, for Washington, Connor Williams would come in, and I'm thinking about it now, I think he'd be the best center since 2020 Chase Roulier. So since 2020 Chase Roulier, Connor Williams would be the best center. Um, he's been great for Miami over the course of this last year, helping protect Tua and help helping that run game. He can move as well. He's only 26 years old. His OTC contract evaluation is, is around $13 million right now, which is kind of a lot, especially when you have Ricky Stromberg potentially being a guy as a starting center who's on a rookie contract, only entering the second year of his deal. But Connor Williams could definitely be an option for Washington or because there's not many, there's not many, uh, there's not many offensive linemen I would I would take in 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 free agency this year. But Connor Williams would be one of them. There's not many just overall offensive linemen that I would take in free agency because it's so thin and the guys out there right now are just kind of meh. Um, but Connor Williams would be a guy that I would. I would love to have as as the starting center next year, helping protect rookie quarterbacks. So, Connor Williams would be the guy. But those are my five guys: Connor Williams, Dalton Schultz, Jordan Hicks, Frankie Louville, and Bryce Huff. If I had to pick one of them, it would definitely be Bryce Huff, bringing some immediate impact in that in the pass rush, alongside KJ Henry and Andre Jones at edge rusher. But Bryce Huff would definitely be the main guy for me. So. Though that's that's the, my potential free agent targets. Again, if you want to read the entire article, I'm going to have a link to the description of it in um in the well, link in the description below this video. So if you want to read that article as well. All right, now time for the weekly mock draft. So I mentioned things are going to be a little bit different with the weekly mock draft this year. Last year for the weekly mock draft segment, I kind of just did my own thing. I made a weekly mock draft every week, and I kind of just went over it. But this year, I'm going to be reviewing your guys' mock drafts. So this uh, today, I'm going to be starting with Josh Taylor. I'm just going to kind of go through um, the mock your mock draft and kind of give it a grade, A through F. I know PFF gives it a grade. I'm going to give it my own grade. Okay, so we're going to start with Josh Taylor's, which uh, was, we're going to start with the second pick in the draft, Jaden Daniels, the quarterback out of LSU. I don't like this pick. Uh, I talked to Josh about it. He's like, he, he always goes with Drake May, so he wanted to change it up a little bit. But I'm just going to say they go with this. I would not like it. I would not like it at all. I don't think Jane Daniels is on the same tier as Drake May. Jane Daniels, he's kind of struggling under pressure a little bit. He kind of just do doesn't really read the field well. He takes some video game character-like hits when he's out running in the pocket. Kind of reminds me of, uh, of RG3 a little bit with some of the hits he takes. So, Jane Daniels at two. Lad McConkey, the wide receiver out of Georgia at 36. The guy that was at the Senior Bowl, the, one of the best route runners by far in this class. Um, I do think it's a little bit interesting taking McConkey. I don't really know who's on the board at this point, but taking McConkey over an edge rusher or uh, another, in, another lineman, I think would be a little bit interesting. Um, at number 40, 
Troy Faltenu, the Washington tackle. I really like this. To, uh, really like this pick. If you listen to any of my other stuff that I've done, uh, even with Josh and some other people, I don't. I don't think Faltenu is going to be there in the second round. I think he's a guy that's going to go late day one. So it would be a dream. It'd be a dream for Washington fans to have him on the board at 36 or at 40, but I just don't think he's going to be there. At pick 67, which is the first third round pick, he went Adisa Isaac, the edge rusher out of Penn State. So instead of addressing the edge rusher position in the second round with one of those two picks, he goes in the third round with Adisa Isaac. I don't know if Adisa Isaac is going to be there either. So I don't think Adisa Isaac will be there. I think he's going to go in the second round, but if he's there in the third round, I would definitely pick him. I love Adisa Isaac. I know I've talked about him on this podcast before, but he can just do pretty much everything, everything you want in an edge rusher. And if we sign a guy like Bryce Huff, we have KJ Henry, we have Adisa Isaac. That's a great trio. You can help develop, get a good edge, get a good defensive line coach, let those guys develop. Um, plus, still Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne on the inside. That's a scary defensive line, scary and young defensive line too. So. All right, round three, pick 100. This is the 49ers pick we got for Chase Young. He goes with interior offensive lineman Cooper B out of Kansas State. Um, I, I like this pick as well. I think at one point he would really be was really was really was a guy that potentially could go in the first round. Uh, falls to round three here. I know he has had some injury issues a little bit, but um, yeah, he, he has, he's had some injury issues. I believe he had a season-ending injury at one point, but he goes in round three here. Solid pick. Solid pick. I went, I mean, it boosts the interior since he only went Troy Fountainu in the second round and not, you didn't double up on offensive line. That's a solid pick uh, in the third round. And then two picks later, Jerion Jones out of Florida State to boost his secondary. Uh, I haven't watched Jones yet. I really want to get to him because I really feel like he's rising up some draft boards right now. Um, I've watched a lot of the other top corners recently, but I expect to watch him, uh, Jerion Jones, pretty soon. I think it's a solid pick. Definitely want to boost the secondary a little bit, but you still want to keep, you still want to help develop. You got, you got Jason Simmons back there, Joe Witt, guys that really love the secondary, really know and have a lot of knowledge within secondary development. And I, you, you kind of really want to rely, in my opinion, on Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin, and you don't want to just stunt their development. Selecting guy here early day three isn't going to kill their development, and especially if you're going to lose Cam Curl or Kendall Fuller in, in that secondary, not bring him back, which I, I expect Kendall Fuller to be back next year, most likely. I think there's a bigger chance he is than isn't. But Jerrion Jones, solid pick uh, in round four. Round five, a guy that I personally love who was all over the field at the Senior Bowl. If you listen to my Senior Bowl recap episode last week, that's Cedric Gray, the linebacker out of North Carolina. I pick 141. I think this is an amazing pick. You want to go Jamin Davis on one side, maybe bring in Frankie Luvu as well, and then Cedric Gray. That's a great linebacker trio. That's 100 times better than what we've had over the last two or three seasons. Frankie Luvu, Cedric Gray, and Jamin Davis, that's awesome. So getting Cedric Gray in the fifth round would be great. Jaheim Bell is an interesting pick in round six at 181. Jaheim Bell, a very small tight end. He's only six foot one. A lot of people see him maybe as a running back in the NFL and not a tight end. He, I liked what I saw out of him against some of these linebackers in the one-on-one reps in in, in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. But, um, yeah, Jaheim Bell, I, w- I feel like there's probably some better options you go with there. And then in round seven, Rasheen Ali out of Marshall, the running back out of Marshall at 223. Um, I think this is another solid pick. 
Uh, you went wide receiver early on. So I definitely think Washington could target a wide receiver late day three if they don't take one early on on day two, like what Josh did with Lad McConkey. But Rasheen Elite, solid pick, not too moved by it that much, especially he he suffered an injury at the senior bowl. We we'll have to see how severe that is. But um, that's a solid pick. Solid pick, I would say. Overall, we've got Jane Daniels, Lad McConkey, Troy Fountainew, Adisa Isaac, Cooper Beeb, Jerion Jones, Cedric Gray, Jaheim Bell, and Rasheena Lee. I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this uh, <laughs> a C. I'm gonna give this a C. PFF gave this one an A, but Jaden Daniels over Drake May. I'm not having it. Lad McConkey pick in the second round. I don't love it. Troy Fountainew, Adisa Isaac, Cooper B picks are amazing. Jerion Jones pick is is fine. I still need to look into him more. So that's kind of TBD. Cedric Gray pick is great in round five, but the round six and round seven pick, I feel like you can get more value than Jaheim Bell and Rasheen Ali with those two picks. I know those two picks aren't flashy, but those again are two skill position players. And I don't I don't really see Jaheim Bell being the Logan Thomas replacement. So yeah, that beyond that, yeah. So I don't I'm not in love with this mock draft. Um I think the best picks would definitely be Troy Fountainu and Adisa Isaac. Those picks I would love. McConkey is a great player. Is is good. Like he's he's not gonna be bad in the NFL. I just feel like you could do something better than taking a wide receiver like Lad McConkey at 36. If you're Washington, you have more dire positions of need. Quarterback again with Jane Daniels. Come on now. We're going Drake May. But uh Cedric Gray in the fifth round as well. So I would give this a C. Um, I'm not in love with this one at all. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. Um, I thought this was going to be kind of a shorter episode. Kind of st- still went like 25 minutes. So that'll be it for this week's episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. If you want to see my work, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mason Kennehan, or you can uh, read my stuff at the Rightway Sports Network as well. That'll be it for this week's episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. See you guys next one. Peace.